podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Sydney Campos, the author of The Empath Experience, What to Do When You Feel Everything. Sydney Campos is an intuitive advisor, speaker, and author. Sydney specializes in activating visionary leaders to live in alignment with their soul purpose while embodying next-level power, pleasure, and prosperity. Through all her endeavors, Sydney is fiercely committed to awakening consciousness across the planet and creating new paradigms of economy, creativity, spirituality, and intimacy. In addition to being a seasoned business strategist and certified holistic health coach, Sydney is also a 200-hour registered yoga and meditation teacher, Reiki energy healer, intuitive channel, and certified Akashic Records practitioner. Sydney shares her multifaceted teachings through writing her Visionary Souls podcast, speaking, workshops, international retreats, masterminds, and one-on-one mentoring. An avid adventurer, Sydney is likely to be found in Bali, Venice Beach, San Francisco, New York, or anywhere in Mediterranean Europe. Her book, The Empath Experience, was released via Simon & Schuster in May 2018. Sydney has been featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, and New York Magazine. Meet Sydney at sydneycampos.com. Here is the interview with Sydney Campos. In your own words, who is Sydney Campos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still discovering that every day. I am evolving. I am learning how to be more present, how to be more myself in every moment. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, the empath experience, what do when you feel everything? I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned, off-record. So the first one for you had to be this one. What is life to you, Sydney? <laughs> Life is a game in which we get to explore who we are, what we're made of, and essentially awaken to the fact that we have created the game, developed the rules, and that at any point we can change the rules according to supporting ourselves and having the experiences that we most want to have. So we're here to have fun. We're here to enjoy. We're here to simply experience, and we're here to awaken out of duality and essentially remember that we are all a reflection of each other and, and all of life. Beautiful answer. <laughs> what do you think is the opposite of life? 
that feels like a trick question. <laughs> yeah. um, part of me says, okay, well, it's death. I suppose if we're in duality, it's like life and death. Death is the opposite, but I don't feel that way. Actually, I feel like death is just an, another experience of life and consciousness. It's not it's just another going into another realm. I don't know if life has an opposite. I feel that all of that which is conscious is alive and therefore is life. Mm. So I don't feel that life actually in the essence that I understand it has an opposite. I have the next two questions relate to being a female in a human body. What do you love most about being a woman? I love my body and the way that it is designed to process energy and emotion and sensation and pleasure. I love just my physical attributes of softness and sensitivity and just beauty. I feel like the feminine body is so beautiful and I love the capacity that we are designed with to birth new life into being in all all forms. <laughs> What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman? Hmm. I suppose evolving out of patriarchal conditioning. Mm. Yeah, I don't really identify. I identify as an embodied female, but I also my whole life in this experience have really, especially when I was younger, felt more androgynous. Like it, it was confusing for me to have to choose a gender um, because I really do see energy and, and I see people more on the spectrum of energetic presence as opposed to physical physicality. And... Yeah, and it's just always felt so limiting to me, you know, pol the polarity and duality that mm -hmm. we exist in. And But I honor that the biggest challenge we have is, you know, healing um, the trauma and conditioning that comes from growing up amidst a patriarchal society. I guess we all can say that. <laughs> I love your answer about the divine energy of the universe, uh, whatever God is, this is, there's no gender, right? And my next question is about freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you? What is to be free? Freedom to me is infinite expansion in pure presence and peace. At this time, what do you think is the world's greatest need? And do you have a vision for a new reality? In this moment, our greatest requirement in our evolution is personal, well, I want to say mastery, but it, it just feels... <laughs> yeah, it, it's each and every being really awakening to their own inherent mastery and, and all of the steps required to remember who you are and why you're here and awaken your gifts and live your truth and come into your own presence to be present, to realize that all that there is is really unconditional love. We all have different journeys along that trajectory, obviously, but it's really that simple. Be who you really are, be who you came here to be and nothing less. And Uh, yeah, part of why I'm here in this life is to anchor the templates and energetics of the new earth, which is a harmonious, unified planet in which all beings are awakened in their complete mastery, live in alignment with their purpose and share their soul gifts and contribution to the whole. And we're a highly technologically and consciously advanced society that is capable of creating anything that we want. And there are no limits to our you know, capacity and innovation, engineering, and it's just a playground. It's an incredible, it's a playground of heaven on earth. That's what I'm here to actualize in this lifetime. Why do you think it takes so long for us to find that mission, that purpose, to understand what life is all about? I mean, for some people, they just know immediately upon being born, especially now. So many of the children being born now have no amnesia and they just absolutely know why they're here and 
it's our job to really support them and never feeling like they have to pretend that they forget to fit in or any of that old programming. That's just not a choice anymore. So many of us were born and remembered, but then in growing up in society, it wasn't safe to be such a powerful being, especially as a child. So we kind of pretended to forget, which then led into actual real amnesia and self-repression and just fragmentation and that original trauma of forgetting oneself and abandoning oneself again and again and again to fit in to the family at first, fit into society and et cetera. And then eventually you have an awakening and you realize, oh, okay, I have to remember, let me pick up the pieces. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the hero's journey. We all signed up to do that as humans. You know, we go through this trajectory of forgetting and then remembering mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of guiding our, ourselves out of the darkness into the light. But right now with the generations coming in, this will no longer be such a long, arduous process. It's happening quite instantly. Wow, I love that vision. <laughs> That's, uh, and you're saying it's a reality, actually. Yeah, it's occurring. It's occurring before our eyes. And why it had to happen, why we chose for this way to be the way for so long is, I think it has to do with building resilience. We wanted to choose to have the experience of forgetting ourselves so that we could kind of be, you know, shocked into awakening and then, see what we're really capable of in terms of digging us, digging ourselves out of the holes that we, we created in the first place. So it's all about resilience. And also, I mean, literally we chose the experience just to simply have the experience of contrast of, you know, being a highly intelligent, intuitive, infinite divine being, and then just simply choosing, okay, what's it like to forget all of that and mm-hmm. pretend to be a human with these really limited confines of you know the mind running my life and living in duality and in fact being a slave to a lot of constructs. And then what's it like to awaken out of that stupor and that sleep and choose a different path simply for the enjoyment of being conscious of one's own propensity to choose a new path in any moment. So it's like a game again. We just chose to have the game mm-hmm. of contrast for a while and all the lessons that came with it and And I feel like we have evolved and are ascending out of the need for that game. And there's so many new options that are feeling more efficient (laughs) that are now available. What is love to you, Sydney? I know you mentioned unconditional love, but most of us have different definitions of love. We, We understand what this word means. What is love to you? Love is actually not something that could be explained in the language that we currently have available to us now. It's not something that's understood by the intellectual mind. It is a feeling. It is a knowing. It is a remembering. It is a being. It is. Do you ever use the word God? And if you do, what, where, and who is God? I always remember when I was first getting sober and I learned in AA about you know higher power and connecting with the universe and God and And it felt really intimate and kind of vulnerable at the time to this idea of turning my life over to God or to a higher power. And at that time, my first kind of practice into that realm was to work with the ocean, you know, something that was bigger than me that I couldn't really explain that I couldn't understand, but I just knew it was powerful and it was guided by some higher force. And I could believe in that and I could trust it. And so then that evolved into, you know, my own understanding of spirit and and then all of these other different spirits and beings and multidimensional consciousness and my higher self and all the different aspects of me through other dimensions and all kinds of things. So I, I always like to think of uh, still God can mean good orderly direction. So just like truth, trust in your intuition, trust in taking the next right step. 
and just this innate knowingness that we have that, you know, we do know the next right step always in every moment. We know what feels like the next right move, the next right thing from this present moment vantage point. And I mean, now on my path, I guess I connect with creator, creator of all that is source consciousness. And I really feel myself as an extension of that uh, infinite presence. I love that component of trust yeah, that you mentioned. It seems to me the whole experience in the end, if there is an end, uh, it's all about trust. There's there's not an end, right? No beginning, no Mm -hmm. ending, right? right. How did you become a writer? (laughs) I've been writing my whole life. I've been telling stories my whole life. I've loved to talk and share my whole life. And I really got into writing for fun. I mean, again, my whole life, all the time. Um, writing in journals and writing, mm-hmm. more writing and sharing publicly into my sobriety. Like I got sober from drugs and alcohol about nine years ago and that catalyzed a lot of inspiration to share my journey mm-hmm. and share what I was experiencing and and just opened up so much creativity, and sh- you know, and desire to be an example, I suppose, and just share. And, and then Another milestone comes when I was working and I have a you know, career, I suppose, in PR and advertising. I worked in ad agencies in New York City for six years. And, and during that time, I was really in the mode of storytelling more as a profession, working with big brands and doing you know, advertising campaigns. And, and, and that also inspired it. Like, I think at that time, I started a blog and I started writing on my personal website and just sharing more inspiration and stories and And that eventually led me to, well, along the journey, I became an intuitive healer and energy worker. And I was basically sharing with all my clients that I was seeing for Reiki at the time in New York City. I was sharing with them protocol to manage their energy and take care of themselves as empaths. And I was just sharing with them all the things I had learned that had been, you know, supporting me on my path and kind of took it for granted, I guess, because these people were having breakthroughs. They're like, oh my God, the practice you gave me changed my life. And and meanwhile, these are just things I had had to do to, to live and survive and feel okay. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but here I was transmitting this information that was you know, creating massive breakthroughs for people. And I thought, well, hey, maybe I should write an article about some of these practices if they're so helpful for these clients that I have. Maybe there's more people this could support. So let me write an article. And I wrote two articles actually for Mind Body Green, and they were pretty, you know, well received. I got letters from people all over the place who, to my surprise, were like, "Oh my God, I never knew I was an empath, and you know, this explains how I felt my whole life. And I thought something was wrong with me. I thought it was crazy. And you know, I gave this article to my whole family so they could understand me and, and things like that. And that." planted the seed that, okay, maybe there's there's actually a lot more that I have to share on this. Maybe I could write a longer article or like an ebook or something. I didn't think I'd write a whole big book, but I just thought, okay, maybe I could expand. And I started writing a like 40 page book, you know, and at around that time, this is the magic of the universe and co-creation and destiny, I suppose. At around that time, I received a Facebook message from a publisher at a major publishing company, Simon & Schuster. And she reached out to me on Facebook and said, hey, I saw your articles on Mind, Body, Green. Would you like to write a book for us about empaths? And (laughs) at first I thought, well, this she's probably asking me to write part of like a compilation, you know, just a short story. I had no idea that I would write my own book. 
Um, but then it made sense. It, it's, it's as I started the process, I realized, oh, I actually want to write a lot of books. I love writing books, <laughs> right. and um, and that's how my the book, the Empath Experience: What to Do When You Feel Everything, was born, which came out May first, twenty eighteen, and has since been received by thousands of people all over the world. And I get messages almost every day from people who have read it and said it's you know how much it's helped them and changed their lives. And and a lot of um, I'm really proud of how the book has been used as a tool in you know, a lot of therapists, offices, and also rehab centers, you know, especially supporting people with addiction. And yeah, that's a big part of my path and something I speak to in the book. And I'm really just so proud that there's another resource out there to help to help those in need. Yeah. How wonderful, Sydney. Thank you. Talk to me for a moment about being a intuitive advisor. What is this work about? Sure. Well, as I started my awakening and got, you know, clean and started coming into greater emotional awareness and mastery, did a lot of work, did a lot of programs, worked with a lot of coaches and mentors, just did a lot of really deep work and initiations and remembered who I am, what I'm here to do and who who I'm really here to play with. And through many lifetimes, I've been an oracle and an advisor, a seer, healer, but really an advisor that has come back in many lifetimes to advise and oversee the unfolding of particular developments and projects and architecture that is usually needed in times of great transition as new iterations of earth and society are brought to life. And that is really where I am meant to be of service. And for the past few years, I've really done that in the individual and group level, supporting uh, visionaries in embodying mastery, coming into alignment with their gifts, turning on their own psychic abilities and you know, creating purposeful, meaningful, prosperous lives. And I still love operating in that capacity. And I feel where I'm guided now is to work more with companies and CEOs and, you know, with teams that are already kind of stewarding very influential, impactful infrastructure that is meant to deploy some of the new technology and support systems that we require in our evolving society. What is intuition and how do we learn to be guided by that? Well, I'm writing a new book about this. So it's a big, it strikes me as a big question, but I'll do my best to answer simply. Intuition is the voice of your truth. It's the voice of your knowing. It's the voice of your true self guiding you to live in alignment with your destiny. And every moment it has the perfect plan that you're here to live in accordance with. It has the, the whole, your whole life is already planned out before you incarnate. And your job is in your awakening to simply listen to your desire, to listen to the feelings that are kind of calling you forth into certain inspired actions. That's it. That's the whole game. Listen to yourself. Stop listening to all the voices outside of you that are vying for your attention. Listen to yourself and follow your own direction. Follow your own guidance. It's guiding you to create exactly what you're here to create. It's guiding you into flow. It's guiding you into abundance. It's already all planned out. There's nothing to figure out, only deeper listening and trust. And so most of us incarnate with a lot of wounds around trust and the trauma of, you know, having had to abandon ourselves and pretend like we forgot who we are and give all of our power away and all of these things, all part of the game. And so remembering to listen to your intuition usually involves a lot of healing from trauma and, you know, um, there's wounding that gets to be repaired and there's restoration of one's own consciousness and power and divinity. 
And there's a process. It doesn't happen overnight necessarily, maybe not yet. (laughs) Um, Although it is happening at a faster rate than I've ever experienced. I've been witnessing really breakthrough healing happen at such an accelerated pace. We're so supported now with the way energy is moving through us and through the planet. We have never been more supported in moving through big, big healing, um, just at the speed of light, really. It's, it is at the speed of light and and intuition that we all have. It's the key. It's the key to the new earth. It's the key to bringing through all of the new technologies and ways of being and the superpowers that we all have, that we all are here to play with. It's, it's the key that we each hold to our unique gift that we're here to bring forth in this life. You mentioned trust. I did earlier too, and I love that component. Is there a way we can tell when we listen to the intuition or it's basically trust? (laughs) Well, a lot of it comes down to safety and repatterning our nervous system. So most of us born in this world and the society, especially in America and the West, industrialized societies where we're disconnected from nature and spirit and conditioned in this very capitalistic, individualistic consciousness have this, you know, feeling of pretty pretty much like nervousness, unrest, and just not being safe. And we're operating in this hyper survival mode, very activated, burned out way of being all the time, which makes it very difficult to listen to your inner world. In fact, you're, as you're in a survival state, you're highly programmed to just listen to whatever authority figure is telling you what to do because you're in dependency mode, you're in survival mode, you're not really in uh, your your power actually you've given all your power away to authority figures that have you know convinced you that you're safer listening to whatever program they're giving you to follow right instead of realizing that you're actually here to create your own path and that you are a powerful being and a sovereign being and so this is a lot of what the world is healing through right now is yeah. you know okay we want our power back but then that's quite confronting to actually behold the powerful beings that we are. And then there's this unworthiness that arises like, who, me? Can I really do this? Can I really live the life that I want to live? And mm-hmm. and there's just so much. There's so much being transmuted right now. And it's, it's big work that's occurring. Many of us who are on earth at this time, we're not just uh, clearing it within our own being, you know, this trauma, but we're clearing for our ancestors, our whole lineage, our whole, uh, all of humanity, actually, on some level. Many of us have chosen to come to earth to do this unique clearing for all of humanity and for all of our lineages through time and space and doing really, really, we're doing big DNA clearing and um, cellular clearing and it's massive. And I just want to say that because anyone that's really going through a big nervous system repatterning and cellular detox and healing right now, it's you're doing this work, not just for you. It is having the impact of clearing many generations before you and ahead of you. So thank you. And please celebrate yourself for that because Trust is an innate, it is an innate state of being that arises from a deep feeling of safety. But we are all healing from feeling unsafe for most of our lives. It's not safe to be who we are. It's not safe to shine bright. It's not safe to be magical. It's not safe to trust your intuition. Many of us are healing trauma from being burnt at the stake as witches and wise people. Many of us are healing trauma from being murdered and killed as spiritual masters who brought revolutionary information that humanity was not ready to receive. So there's a lot, there's a lot clearing. Um, and, and there's a lot of fear and a lot of unsafety that will be reprogrammed and transmuted so that when we are in our divine, you know, state, which is pure presence and trust and in safety, trust naturally arises and 
being able to hear our inner voice, which speaks quite softly at first, it arises naturally and it's right there. What's been overly empowered is the voice of reason, the voice of fear, the voice of protection. Um, All of these coping mechanisms have been overly empowered for so long. And so the voice of intuition, which is there, it's just really quiet. And you can only hear it when you're quiet and able to receive, when you're able to be receptive and really listen to yourself. And the intuition may speak through feeling. It may speak through sensation. It may speak through a memory. There's a big deprogramming that occurs uh, away from such dependency on the conscious intellectual conditioned mind. Also, this is required to really listen to the intuition, which speaks outside of time, outside of confined limitations, outside of shoulds and always and nevers. And it's very expansive. It's a very expansive presence that we get to tune into. So this is a big part of my work. I mean, I I love uh, supporting individuals in this path of awakening to their higher self and their inner guidance. And then I also train facilitators in this work of the Akashic Records and attuning to multidimensional consciousness and um, essentially in becoming practitioners of of this type of healing. I love your clarity. (laughs) I absolutely love your clarity. (laughs) It's a beauty, something beautiful in itself, just to be this clear and communicating something that it's so challenging to put into words, but you're so good with it. It's like song to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, that's what I'm here for. Um, This new book that I'm working on is called The Consciousness Code, and it's an eight-step program to recover your higher self, to recover connection with your higher self, to recover your divinity. And there really is a recovery process. I mean, I got sober and and had to be in recovery, chose to be in recovery from drugs and alcohol and the intensity and trauma that came with that path. And and then at a certain point on the spiritual path, I believe we go through many recoveries, right? Recoveries of different aspects of ourselves that have been abandoned or forgotten. And then, you know, ultimately recovery of our intuition, recovery of our soul, recovery of our true path and purpose. And so I am I am writing this and I am creating the program or it's really being created through me. It has already been created and I'm simply delivering it. I'm simply the messenger. And it does feel to be a very important key, this type of path, this type of program or, you know, the step process feels to be an important key for assisting the point in ascension that we are in right now as the, you know, we are evolving into divine humans. This is who we are. And And there is a process, there is a path, although we all have different trajectories, there are some keys that we all share along this path. So let's talk for a moment about empath. Uh, So what is to be an empath and how is it different from highly sensitive people and also empathetic people? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, good distinction. Some of what I wrote in my book, all, all of my book actually goes into this in detail. And what I believe now has actually shifted from what I wrote then because I've just evolved so right, much and right. trying to answer from the present moment true. Let's see. An empath is someone who has the uncanny ability to really feel at a deep level what other living beings are feeling, almost as though it is their own experience. And this can mean you feel the experience of other people, plants, animals, the earth as a whole, the collective consciousness of all of humanity, and even other multidimensional beings in non-human form. And what I feel is true in my heart right now is empaths are very evolved beings. 
many of us are angelic beings that come from very higher realms to incarnate in human form to assist humanity in deep healing because we have the capacity to transmute a lot of energy through our energy field. We have the capacity to help support others to turn on very deep emotional sensitivity through simply mirroring in our energetic presence what is being felt around us. We allow others to have greater access to their full spectrum of emotional experience. We are amplifiers or energetic field amplifiers. We amplify energy in any place that we you know, are, are orienting to in any group that we're in, we are amplifying the field. Mm, okay. And then highly sensitive person will be sensitive to noise, to color, to sound. They have kind of amplified perception, but they're not necessarily feeling the emotional energetic experience of other living beings to the extent that an empath is. And an empathetic person is someone that, you know, has, most humans have empathy unless you're a sociopath, I suppose. But, you know, an empathy, empathetic person means, you know, someone tells you a sad story and you're like, oh, that feels sad. I understand how, how you must feel. Keyword being, I understand how you must feel. Yes, that makes sense that you feel grief about your dog dying or something like that. An empath would hear the same story and would actually feel the person's grief as their own. And if they're an unawakened, unconscious empath, they might carry that grief with them for days and they might feel drained. They might feel really sad. They might feel depressed. They might feel really tired, all kinds of things because they've actually taken on that emotional experience from that other person as their own. And maybe in a way, unconsciously, they were trying to heal that person to take away some of their pain, to transmute it for them so that that person didn't have to carry such a heavy burden. Many people are doing this unknowingly, unconsciously and and this can manifest as immune autoimmune disorders and all kinds of health issues if you're regularly taking on the energy of others and transmuting it, but unconsciously trying to heal them. And there's no, it's actually quite disempowering. It's a loving gesture, but it's a very disempowering way to function uh, because really the, what we want, what we truly want as sovereign beings is to empower everyone and ourselves to take responsibility fully for our emotional experience. So it's not actually supportive to take on something for someone else that they're actually meant to deal with. But this is a part of the unconscious you know, wounding that an empath gets to go through so that they eventually wake up and become conscious and start to use their gifts in an effective way that feels good for them. Tell me, what is your understanding of consciousness? It is localized in the body somewhere or it's simply everywhere in everything? I have a whole chapter about this in my book and, and it's and it's just kind of funny. I even write in my book, like, who am I to even talk about this? Like, it's the unanswerable question. It's everything that is. It's all that is. It's the power that gives, you know, it gives meaning to anything, to everything. It's the known field. It's it's all. It, it is. Just like love, it is. You know, is love consciousness? Is Are they the same? I mean, it's just more questions. It's an unanswerable question. Mm. Um, somehow I wrote a couple pages about it with a bunch of other people's different attempts at answering the unanswerable question. Mm. But it, it's the, it's, well, what do I believe? What do I really believe right now? What do I want to, I'm tuning in right now to ask, okay, what is consciousness? Consciousness is the lens through which we all have the capacity to give meaning to our lives, to give meaning to everything that we experience to give meaning in life to all that is being experienced through us and as us and with us and around us. It is simply a vehicle. It is another vehicle that we've chosen to incarnate with, to again, receive the gift of simply experiencing that which can only be experienced through a conscious form and through a body. Now, consciousness is accessed 
in everything and all of life, from the individual level, we could say, well, what I'm seeing actually is more of an image. This is cool. We have the body. The body has its own consciousness. The body is its own being. And then we have the spirit or the soul that comes into the body. And our journey as humans is to become fully embodied as the spirit soul in the body, fully in the body in every cell in the physical. And we access, and then there's also a divine union of our consciousness, our soul spirit consciousness and the consciousness of the body kind of have this merge. There's a conversation always happening between them. And then there's even other conversations between the consciousness of other beings we connect with in human form and beyond in the omniverse or multidimensional forms. And wow, and there's just many, there's multidimensional. I suppose what I'm here to bring forth is multidimensional consciousness and awareness of the multidimensional consciousness that we are. It is beyond um, our capacity to describe it accurately with the language that we presently have. But there is the potential we have to receive an attunement or a felt sensation or a remembrance or a knowing of what this experience is in of what this experience is for us. There is a felt sensation of knowing what this is. And it is a it is a knowing, it is a remembering, it is a feeling. It transcends that my ability to describe it with language, but it is pure presence. It's the feeling that you experience when you are at deep rest, when you are in complete peace, when you are in dissolution from all identity, when you are in complete timelessness. These are some of the moments in which you can really feel and see what consciousness is for you. I'm wondering, what is not a dream? We can't really describe it. Well, we are miracles and we are awakening more and more to our miraculousness and pure presence. And I think someday we'll stop doing podcasts and stop <laughs> talking and stop writing because there's just such a yeah. miracle to behold in this moment. And it's kind of like a shock. It's like a shock and ecstasy of just melting and dissolving and feeling pure love. And there's just no more pretending. <laughs> so true, Sydney. <laughs> yeah, I love what you just said. One of these days, we're just going to stop with everything and just be it and just surrender to what is, to it. So that's an interesting state of being. Do you think that this is something that we as human beings now should uh, be, we should choose to embark on? I think we can lose the word should forever. That's for sure. Um, well, it's already happening. This is already occurring naturally without us doing anything. It's, this is the nature of ascension and the way that energy is moving through our bodies. The issues that people are dealing with is really, it's mostly rooted in resistance to a natural process unfolding. There's just resistance, people's natural resistance to allowing what is naturally happening to fully occur with grace, letting go, fully allowing themselves to become empty and spacious and <laughs> truly sink into the heart. It's already happening. It's already here. We're all here to remember innate mastery. We're all enlightened beings. It, yes, there were these yogis and <laughs> magicians and alchemists and all the wizards that we've heard of over time and you know, the past times, ancient times. And we have a new earth now. We are now presently living in a new where every single human has incarnated as a master and is here in this lifetime to remember their innate mastery. We are all enlightened beings and we must start treating ourselves as such and each other. And this is the practice. This is the practice, holding yourself in the light and holding 
others in the light and really allowing space for everyone to show up in their mastery, in their enlightened state. We are all enlightened beings. We all have the capacity to allow this very natural process to unfold in this lifetime when we simply get out of the way. Yeah. And when you say get out of the way, it refers to the logical, the mind. Stop clinging to the identities that you've learned to play into in order to feel safe. Stop clinging to all the ways of being that feel like they involve efforting and trying. And and listen, I'm practicing this too. I mean, I'm speak, I realize I'm speaking very clearly and I'm mm-hmm. transmitting a message, but I'm also on this path of practice. I oscillate frequently between, you know, being an enlightened mastered be, mastery being and feeling so connected and remembering. And, mm-hmm. and some moments I'm, I'm like, oh, there's my, there's that program that's mm-hmm. really worried about something and is feeling controlling. And oh, I've, there's that pattern of, oh, I feel like I have to do it all alone. I feel like I have to figure it out. These patterns that are very oriented from the mind and again, come from programming to keep ourselves safe and to be in survival mode are very highlighted right now for us to be with, to work with, and then to consciously choose in those moments to rest, to relax, to sink into the heart, to listen to the subtle energies guiding us into a new path, to forgive ourselves, to practice deep compassion, to see the higher game, you know, to not be force-fed so easily these agendas that are really dismantling all around us, but the agendas of fear and, you know, fighting and and just seeing people in these little boxed-in identities. It's like all of the veils are being lifted and it can feel quite overwhelming and, and intense. So come back to your heart. And what does that mean? Take a deep breath, repattern your nervous system to actually rest, relax. It's a, that's a process. Rebuilding your nervous system to feel safe is a process. Each one will have a different pathway into that, that embodiment, but that's what's required at this time. Really taking care of ourselves to feel like we can deeply rest and restore. And then we can simply listen and then we can see clearly. And then we, we are being who we are. And the rest is simply unfolding according to divine design. And let me ask you, I guess that this is an interesting question to ask for the relative reality and the practice. What is success to you these days? What is to be successful? <sighs> I used to think success is all about making money, making an impact, having a million followers, <laughs> like all these types of things, being really popular, you know, and I think, hmm, how do I want to say this? Yeah, success success for me continues to be redefined as I practice in new ways. It is the experience of feeling totally at peace and ease with being who I am in the present moment. Do you believe in the practice of unconditional self-love? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, what does that mean? I use these words all the time. What do they mean? Right. That's right. a complex, that's a big one to unpack. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's there's been a lot of there's a lot of different practices that come up there, but for me the ultimate practice is I would uh, maybe it's unconditional self love, but I guess the word that comes through for me is acceptance. Mm, yeah. yeah, acceptance of who I am and just continued forgiveness of lessons along the way. Not man, just really learning again and again to forgive myself really quickly, um, recovering from a long life of perfectionism and striving and trying to be more and trying to be better and 
who do you want me to be so that you'll love me and all of these things. And forgiveness and acceptance are really the best medicine I find. I've been attracted to the unconditional self-love words. And then I tend to use them for a while and then I'll drop it. I don't know. <laughs> At some point, I won't be saying that anymore. But I love the idea of acceptance too, that the other word. My other question here is about healing. What is another word for healing? Awakening. Yeah. And two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body or leaving the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? No. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> I love when I hear that. No regrets. It's all perfect. I've picked a really chaotic, weird, wild, painful, traumatic, scary, amazing, beautiful, enlightening life to live. And it's perfect for me. My last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of now? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> This feels like a joke. This is something that came through a long time ago, but I'm just going to say it. Um, you are, I am, we are, mm-hmm. the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Everything is. Things, but it just feels funny. It's like, it's just the grand all, end all, be all. Like you are, I am, we are. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and that's it, right? <laughs> and everything is, and no more questions. <laughs> you don't have to do a podcast ever again because we just know that who we are and where we're here to be, and let's just enjoy it. <laughs> Sid, and that would be wonderful for us. The path and the practice was that simple, right? <laughs> well, embodying it is the practice. It's embodying, time to embody that. We can say it and sound really cool and smart and ooh, cool catchphrase and great Instagram meme, but embody it, really believe it, really live it. And then and then we'll see something else. Then we'll see something else happen. <laughs> yeah, something, right, right. <laughs> what an experience, yeah. I love the way you speak. It's not just what you speak about and even how. Isn't the sound of your voice is uh, the embodiment of that? So, you know, at some point talking to you, my whole body was reacting to it the sound. So that's very interesting how everything's connected and yes, everything is. Thank you for acknowledging that. Yes, I work with a lot of direct energy transmission and doing quantum healing is a big part of my path. And and I love to work with other beings that are sensitive and can feel energetic movement and can receive. So thank you for acknowledging. I really appreciate you receiving the gift that is here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Sydney. Oh, thank you. This, <laughs> this gift. Where can we find more information about you, your work, your books, products, services, and future projects? Ah, oh, thank you. Well, everything's at my website, sydneycampos.com. And I also love my, speaking of voice and energy transmissions, mm-hmm. I do a <laughs> weekly podcast called Visionary Souls, which you'll probably love to check out. And it's a really fun place to play. And I have um, just amazing beings. And we explore complete presence and being our authentic selves. And pretty awesome messages come through every episode. It feels really healing. And I'm proud of that space. And I have some fun offerings coming up. And I always offer one-on-one sessions and mentorship, as well as training in the Akashic Records. And Something I'm creating right now that feels really fun is called the Prosperity Playground, which is a five-week immersion into embodying prosperity consciousness. So this is uh, starting on Lionsgate 8-8. It might 
might have already started by the time this episode comes out, but um, you can check out some of the videos that will come out of that course, I'm sure, on my YouTube and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff will be out to tune into by then. Mm, beautiful. Thank you again, Sydney, for your presence and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Sydney Campos and her work, please visit sydneycampos.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.